You're listening to a sermon from Pasco Vale Church of Christ. To hear more of our teaching or to find out about the church, please visit our website, pvcc.org.au. Good morning, Pasco Vale. Oh, that's good. I was thinking the cold weather was going to uh, make me have a warm, uh, a very quiet one. But I uh, hope you all had a nice sleep in. Uh, we just we gained one hour today. And... Uh, well, I don't know about you, but look at me. I mean, it's feeling like winter already, doesn't it? But as always, thank you for the uh, warmth and the welcome every time uh, our family comes here and visit and minister to you guys. You know, last week, Pastor Lou uh, shared with us the importance of being a welcoming church as a strategy to achieving our vision to know Christ, grow in Christ, and to proclaim Christ. So today, we will be looking at another strategy to help us to achieve that vision of being instruments for Christ in Pascoville and beyond. A welcoming church certainly plays an important role in being a light in a world for Christ. And I encourage all of us, all of us, to keep up that great welcoming spirit that we have here in Pascoville Church. A welcoming community will certainly help us as a congregation to be the light in the world of growing darkness. Friends, friends, there is something special about light, isn't it? Something special about light. It's attractive. It brings warmth, comfort, security, and more importantly, hope. A hope that we are nearly there. A hope that soon all tough times will be behind us. A hope that leads us out of darkness to the warmth of the sun on our warm faces. Sometimes we are all drawn to the light naturally. There is something magical about light in the place of darkness that is so attractive to everyone. Friends, if we are serious about winning people back to Jesus, we need to be as a light that is shining ever brighter in the growing darkness of our world today. Now recently I I watched the uh, Tam Luang Cave Rescue documentary. It was a documentary that showed how some famous cave divers, if you know me, I I love diving, that's why I went to watch it, They were going to rescue 12 members of the Thai junior football team and their coach who was trapped deep within the Tham Luan Cave in 2018 in Thailand. I don't know if you ever had the chance to visit a cave because the last time we were up in Adelaide many moons ago, we visited the Narakut Caves. And I remember the tour guide giving us a, a, a glimpse of what it feels like to be trapped underground with no lights whatsoever. You cannot see even what's immediately in front of you. Even though I knew my hands were in front of me, I couldn't see even a silhouette of my hands in front of me. That was how dark it is in that cave. Now the movie showed how dangerous and how difficult that rescue was. Whilst we were able to see what was going on in the documentary because it was dimly lit, I'm sure the actual rescue took place in a far darker scenario. Those boys were trapped in a very deep 
and flooded cave for a very long time in pitch darkness. I can just imagine the despair they must have felt for not having a way of leaving. No food prepared, no drinkable water or any real source of light to even give them some comfort. This was the photo of them of the first cave rescue the first this was the photo the first cave rescuer took when they finally located the boys in that complicated cave system. I can just imagine the relief the boys must have felt when they saw the light shine through the flooded waters when the cave rescue diver arrived at a place where they were trapped. Suddenly, what was despair and hopelessness turned to a knowledge that help was on its way and salvation is around the corner. Friends, the world is much like these kids, isn't it? They go about their daily business, do whatever they choose, only to eventually go deeper and further away from God. And someday, someday, they will be trapped in an eternal darkness with no hope of salvation. Many do not even realize how precious the light is until they fall into that deep despair to reach the end of the line. Friends, if we are genuine about reaching the world for Christ, we need to be as that light, shining brightly for Jesus in the dark, dark world, so that in their time of desperation, in their time of despair, people can look up and see that light and know that help is on the way or that is already there and that there is hope. That when, the, when they follow the light, salvation, comfort, mercy, grace and hope is not far behind. So how do we become this light? Well, let's bow our heads now and ask God through His Holy Spirit to reveal to us how we can be as light to this world that is growing ever darker. Let's pray. Dear God, we hope that as we look into Scripture today, we pray that Lord, you help us to see and help us to take away something with us so that we can be that light for this world that we live in. Be that light in our community. Be that light in our sphere of influence. Lord, may the meditation of our hearts and the words that we speak today be holy and acceptable to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now friends, let me ask you a question. What sets Christianity apart from the world? What sets Christianity apart from the world? Anyone wants to make an, an offer and an answer? Yep, Mario. Okay, that we are the knowledge that we are sinners. Anything else? Yep. Love of God. Love of God. Yes, excellent. Any others? No, no more takers. Everlasting life for those who believe. Well, that's certainly all very interesting answers. But that which differentiates us from the world is really the these four letters, L O V E, love, isn't it? How do we know this? Because God first loved us in John 3.16. For God is 
for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It was not stalking love or empathy bond. It was not filial love, also known as friendship bond. It's not eros love or romantic love. It is agape love. Agape love, also known as unconditional love. That's what separates us from the rest of the world. God's love is so great, so unconditional. It's so great that whilst we were still sinners, Jesus Christ came and died for us. You don't hear that in other religions in the world. It mattered not to God if we loved him back or not. He loved us so dearly that he died for you and for I. It's God's love that drew us to him in the first place. It's God's love that we call each other family, brothers, sisters in Christ. It is by our love that the world knows that we are his disciples in John chapter 13 verse 35. Note from this verse, it's not the winning of the debates with others that we are known as his disciples. It's not by putting others down or fighting with others that we prove that we are his disciples. It's not by forcing God's laws upon others or forcing our way of life onto others that prove we are his disciples. It is instead by our love for one another that we prove that we are truly Christ's disciples. Friends, do we dislike others who perhaps do not believe in the same things that we do? Do we put others down or yell and shout at the top of our lungs that our ways are better than yours? Do we force our views upon others, perhaps? Do we desire to win a debate about Jesus despite the other disagreeing with our ways or point of view? Do we look with disdain at a person who is sinning, perhaps? I hate to admit it, but sometimes I do feel that I need to win an argument with someone else who is debating about Jesus, doesn't it? We feel that we've got to have that win, that debate, because we're fighting for Jesus. I feel that I'm that better person because I believe in Jesus and the person does not. Sometimes that's how I feel. Or I think that this person is immoral. But this is how we show God's... Is, is this, however, how we show love or God's love to others? Is this how we show God's love? Is this how we shine God's light in this world of darkness? Jesus loved us even though we were his enemies. Christ died for us so that we can be justified by his blood and be saved through him. We are his enemies. We are his enemies, but he loved us. We are the ones that nailed him to that cross. We are the ones who inflicted the crown of thorns on his brow. And we are the ones who cast the lashes on his bodies and his crucifixions upon that cross. Now imagine if someone did exactly what they did to Jesus and they did it to you. Would you love him or her unconditionally? 
Would you still forgive him or her for the nails and that crown of thorns? I think our honest reply will probably be a resounding no. But God says to us, we hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To the one who strikes your cheek, offer the other also. And for one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Friends, what God asks of us in this passage is really tough, isn't it? It goes against every element of our instinct. But is it impossible? No, it's not. Sadly, there are a lot of negative behaviors around the world on, and on social media you see all the time showing the hypocrisy of Christians. People in the name of Jesus invoking judgment upon others. They demonize all who do not believe in Jesus. They use words from the Bible to push a distorted view of God's word, word and to elevate their political and personal agenda. They spread fake information of what the scripture tells us and pretend to be holy and righteous people. Now, is this what Jesus commanded us to do when he calls us to love our enemies and to do good to those who hate us, to bless those who curse us and pray for those who abuse us? Yet many are influenced by these public figures who do not truly understand the scriptures and they go about their way yelling abuse and attacking those who oppose the Christian faith. They make themselves look holy and feel good by putting others down and making themselves feel superior than others. Now friends, I wonder, does this sound like a certain group of people mentioned in the Bible? Does a certain religious elite from the Bible ring a bell? The Pharisees. Friends, while it's important we call out the sin and point others to Jesus, we need to be careful lest we became the judge of others and consider others lower than us or want nothing to do with them because we think them beyond reach. Is this, my friend, God's commandment to love one another? Is this what Jesus did when he was on earth trying to reach others and to bring them back to his side? Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Despite our sins, Jesus loved us and reached out out to us in love rather than in judgment and condemnation. Perhaps as his disciples, we ought to do the same. Now I hope we are all familiar with the story of the Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus knew the woman's sin and knew she led an immoral life because the man she was with was not her husband. But did Jesus condemn this lady or judge her even though he had every right to do so? Did we see Jesus demean her and look down on her because of her status and her sin? 
No. Instead, we see Jesus extending living water, living water to her and welcoming her into his house. Now, what happened after that? The outcast woman was so filled with joy that she went away and told everybody of what her encounter is with Jesus. We are told in verse 39 that many Samaritans from the town believed in Jesus because of this woman's testimony. Jesus illuminated this woman's heart with his love for her. Rather than judgment and disdain for her sin, and because of what she's experiencing, that's why she went so late in the hour to go to the well. Jesus helped this woman realize her need for living water and turn her back to himself. If Jesus is doing this, should we not also be like him? To love others back to Christ rather than point our fingers at people in judgment or we treat them with disdain because they do not believe in our Jesus. Now Jesus uses a parable of the speck and the big log to help teach us important truth in how we can love others to Jesus and point out the hypocrisy of our ways. In verse 39 he begins, he says, Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they both fall into a pit? Sorry. Who do, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye? but do not notice the log in your own eye. How can we say to our brothers, Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eyes. Jesus tells us, Hypocrite! And tells us to take, first take the log out of our own eyes, then we will see clearly so that we can take the speck out of our brother's eye. Friends, we are all sinners. We are all guilty of our sins, so much so as others are. Do not let our hypocrisy cause us to think that we are better than others. So often we focus on the things that people are doing wrong rather than realizing our own mistakes as well. A disciple is not above his teacher. So if Jesus is not judging others and he has the right to do so, let's stop pretending that we are holier than him or that we know better than he does. Let us humble ourselves and acknowledge that we have a hope because of Jesus and not of our own doing, but because of what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. Let us extend a helping hand to those who have to come, who have yet to come to know Jesus, so that they too can experience that hope, that forgiveness, that mercy, that grace, and more importantly, that love that we have all experienced. Friends, if you love those who love you, what credit? Is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. 
And if you do good to those who, whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. What causes us to stand out like light in darkness is not that we love those who don't love Sorry, what causes us to stand out like light in darkness is what we love those who don't love us. We do good and not expect repayment. We bless others and want nothing from others. That is what God is calling us to do. To show agape love to our neighbours and to one another. To love others unconditionally. Friends, if we all did this, Pascoville Church will be a shining beacon of light and hope for those who seek help. You will be a shining light in darkness that surrounds you and the people will come to you for help. Your character, your being will demonstrate Jesus to those who do not know him yet. Your uniqueness will cause them to ask who is Jesus that makes you believe and do the things that you do? Why do you care and love for these people the way you do? Friends, it is true this, that Jesus' light in you will illuminate the heart of the person who is in darkness. To see who you re revere as your Lord and your Saviour and to shine a light into their own darkness. Would the world take advantage of us if we did that? Most probably. Would they abuse our love for them? I dare say most definitely. But even we as followers of Jesus, I hate to admit that we too abuse that love. And we too Take advantage of Jesus, don't we? So let's not get high and mighty about ourselves, but treat everyone the way Jesus would treat them. Even if nothing good comes out of it, it's okay. For we are not greater than our teacher. If Jesus suffered on that cross, we too will be persecuted. Our friends, if we do follow Jesus' model, rest assured, we will not lose out. Scripture tells us that our reward will be far greater, far greater than anything we stand to lose. We will truly become children of the Most High. Because God was kind to the ungrateful and wicked, be merciful just as your Father is. Merciful. In conclusion, do you want to shine for Jesus? Do you want to shine for Jesus? Do you desire to be the light in a world of ever-growing darkness? Don't fight the darkness by being like the darkness, but fight the darkness with your love, your compassion, your forbearance, and your mercy and your grace. An eye for an eye makes the world blind, says Gandhi. Even a non-believer like Gandhi knows that retaliation or fighting one another does not win the other to your side. 
it only results in hurt on all parties, even those around us. Grace, mercy, and love, on the other hand, transforms the heart and saves the soul for eternity. Jesus did not come to this world to condemn the world, but to save it. Jesus does not desire for his disciples to behave like religious elites and to put their hypocrisy and ignorance of God's word on show. Jesus wants us to follow in his footsteps, to love one another, to be patient with them, to bless them, and to love them even when they choose to hurt us. Jesus was persecuted for what he did for the world. We will likely experience that same persecution, if not more. With the increasing godlessness and immorality in our world today, it's so important that as a church and as an individual, that we continually shine our light in the world of ever-growing darkness. The world will not know or realize their need for salvation until a time, until a time of desperation and despair. As the saying goes, it is not the healthy that requires a doctor, it is the sick. People who think they are going fine or healthy will not see the need for a savior, no matter how much you argue with them. They're not going to listen to you, are they? But those who seek God will hopefully find them, find him in his church or in his disciples. Are you ready to be that light? Are you ready to be that light? Friends, I do not mean that we do not call out sin when we see it. But we love those who are sinning to Christ. Just as Jesus loved us whilst we were sinners, he died on the cross for our sins. Hate the, hate the sin, but love the sinner. Hate the sin, but love the sinner. That is what sets Christianity apart from this world. That is what will shine bright in the world of ever darkness. Loving our enemies is hard. And not judging others is equally difficult. But there are plenty of stories. Plenty of stories out there for disciples who have who has let love prevail against vengeance. And where love overcame adversaries. These stories are so, so precious. A story that immediately comes to mind is the story of the Waldani people. The first picture, the big picture up there. It's about how this, this tribe of people killed the father of this missionary boy. And now this, this tribe are believers in Christ. And they're his grandfather now. They, this young man who has grown up to be a man now calls this person grandfather. And there are other people who has, like this lady who, who, who had his family murdered. He said in, his, in her testimony, Jesus helped me forgive the man who murdered my family. And that made headline news. 
These are living testimonies of the beauty and the attractiveness of God's light in this world. We should have more of these stories out there. But sadly, we see a lot more negative stories there than there are positive. Friends, the challenge to us today is how will you shine your light for Jesus in this dark world that we are currently living in? How will you demonstrate agape love to all who need to experience the love of Christ in their life and be their light? Friends, if there's anyone here that perhaps have not experienced this love that we speak of, I hope you do not leave this room or if you are listening online, I encourage you to speak to someone or to pray with someone about it. We want you all to know that you are loved, that there is no judgment from God's children in this house, and you are welcomed as everyone is to the kingdom of God, because we are all sinners, all sinners, saved by grace. We would like to help you embark on your journey of faith to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior if you do not already know him. I'm sure I'm certain it's a journey we won't forget or regret. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, teach us to love as you love us. And you loved us so much that you sent your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on that cross for our sins. We are undeserving. We are your enemies. We are the ones who nailed you to that cross. But yet you say, Abba, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Lord, thank you. Thank you for loving us so unconditionally and for forgiving us our sins. Help us, dear Lord, to now Love others as you have loved us. Teach us to love our enemies and not judge others. But to have compassion, patience and mercy and grace. So that we can be your living image and your representatives in this world that is growing ever more godless. Lord, Help us to be your light in this world of darkness. Help us to be your representatives in this world. Thank you, God, for your scripture. Thank you, God, for your word. I pray for every soul and every person that's listening. God, Help us to love one another unconditionally so that the world may not see and know that we are truly your disciples when we love one another. Thank you, God. And help us to take away something with us today, to be inspired, challenged. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray.
Amen.